everybody, and welcome to episode 397 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Austin Cook Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on this studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash lasertime. Who else is joining me? Overrated game of the year, Chris Antiste. <laughs> and I don't need to choose the extra large penis size because my character is a grower, not a shower, Matthew Allen. And special guest... Leif, I think I'll play The Witcher again, Johnson. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, it's Cyberpunk release week, and exactly 50% of us have played. We can get into detailed impressions, but uh, you guys have played for like an hour. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, goodness, big silence. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I thought that was Leif yawning. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I, was I thought it was a bit. I thought he was doing a bit. Me yawning, um, anticipating your cyberpunk conversation. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll save full impressions for the new releases segment in the second segment, but so far it looks like I'm playing the stuff they showed in all those preview streams, you know? It's like, exactly. oh, wow. I am not surprised by anything that I have seen. It's, it's a, and I started out as a nomad. That's what I chose first. And so it started getting me a little bit more as soon as I, I finally made it into Night City. But uh, before that, yeah, it's 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 all right. It's it's good to know that you finally... Okay, good. So we might have something to talk about in the new releases, because I chose the street path, and I didn't have to make my way places. But anyway, we'll talk about that. I I thought you were going to say street pass for a second. It's like, oh man, I did. I'm street passing everyone in Night City. It's amazing. Nice. (laughs) That would be... Okay, someone making an open world game should add that feature. Add, add like a street pass clone in like a PDA I mean, or whatever that your character carries around. Used to be able to do it in Watch Dogs and then just steal everyone's money. Sort of, yeah. yeah it's a little they different. took that out of Legion. You can mm. you can no longer rob citizens on the street in, in <laughs> Watch Dogs, and I'm so upset by that. <laughs> you just know where they're going. It's like, oh, this this marketing director is on their way to mourn. I, I, I took a screen grab when I was playing Watch Dogs Legion a few weeks ago. It's like, oh, marketing director. Hey, that's like me. It's like, they're on their way to such and such church to mourn. I'm like, oh, Jesus, what happened to them? I want to know more. They're mourning the British spirit, which has been crushed yeah. under the weight of... The collapse of the British Empire. Yes, yes. Right. Can yeah. I, can I, oh, let me throw you a game deal, everyone, while you're still listening. And you, well, you, have, you have about 48 hours to take advantage of it. Best Buy is doing something insane and doing a buy two, get one free with Cyberpunk exclusively on mostly next-gen games. And by that, they mean games with free next-gen upgrades. So yeah, because get- mm. most of those games don't have their next-gen versions yet, which, which we'll talk about. Like, right. We learned <laughs> but, that but lesson like, this week. I hadn't paid full price for the Avengers and didn't plan on it. And like, if it's a free game with Cyberpunk in Yakuza Year of the Dragon, also eligible... Phoenix Rising, Call of Duty, Cold War, nice. fucking Assassin's Creed Valhalla. No one's done that with next-gen games yet, and it's pretty impressive. So yeah. Now you say that you have 48 hours from when they hear this on Friday, right. or 40, 40, okay. 48 hours from when you hear this ever. So go in there and say you heard this on Video Game Apocalypse, they will honor the coupon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gotta print out the yeah. coupon. No. Next-gen is only like a month old, so I'm not surprised that nobody's done a sale yet. I'm, no, I'm surprised anybody's doing a sale like this at all, and I'm, mm. I'm guessing from what I've seen, it's because there's not enough hardware to move any software for mm, the next-gen stuff. It. It's all sitting there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, I mean, I have been, I'm not surprised by it, but this year already I've started to see some recent releases on sale just by themselves. I saw Yakuza for $37, I think, the other day somewhere. 
that is a $60 game, folks. Already 37 It's only been, what, a little under a month? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, think, I think what's left of brick-and-mortar retail is pretty desperate to get you in the door. Um, but they can't have a legit Black Friday sale. But they're still going to have you risk the vid and <laughs> get in the door. <laughs> Wear a mask, idiots. The vid. I, like I thought it was Rona. the Rona. I, yeah, th- I thought Rona. we said we called it the Rona. Mm-hmm. Times have changed. <sighs> Time never changes. Um, well, you know, it's it's weird that like we are only getting a cyberpunk game uh, in 2020, which I think was like the year that cyberpunk was originally set in the the tabletop role playing game. Because yes, that was. explains all the delays. Yeah. CD Projekt Red was just <laughs> trying to honor the legacy. Uh-huh. So cyberpunk is not just a franchise; it is a genre. It is a genre that transcends uh, what it's named for and uh, has touched a bunch of different things. I mean, it kind of rose in fiction with Neuromancer and uh, became a fixture in a lot of role-playing games. But cyberpunk is typically like, it's a dark future. Everything is ruled by corporations. People are modifying and augmenting their bodies with cybernetics. And uh, it goes a little beyond that, though, Michael. It's almost a complaint of mine. It doesn't. It's not just like a genre that like, oh, here's some common themes. Mm-hmm. A lot of cyberpunk rips itself off from other cyberpunk franchises. Like they use the same exact terminology mm. and it's like, that yes. should be copyrighted. Like how are they Sometimes able to call it's it the that, net. You know? Sometimes it's the nets. Sometimes it's the matrix. <laughs> but all of them have hackers that go in and become digital versions of their, their bodies and float around in space. In the best but of usually times, there's in the best they, of they have times runners. it's fucking uh-huh. Tron. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it becomes Tron. becomes Tron. <laughs> Thirty twenty ten this week, talking way too long about Tron Legacy, the best worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Except it's it's like Tron, but when you're yeah. when you're not in the game grid, you have laser eyes and robot arms. It's Tron Legacy, or which I also hopefully coined the term "stupid Matrix." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of cyberpunk was developed when Tron was yeah. at was like a big deal, yeah. and then after that, a lot of it through like things like Shadowrun was happening in the 90s when like i hate to say this but like movies like the lawnmower man were a big deal and so like a lot of cyberpunk fiction is written as if you're inside something like the lawnmower man it's like oh you're this vr figure in this virtual reality world it came out of a 1980s understanding of technology and like i I was listening to an audiobook of neuromancer recently and it had like a foreword by william gibson on the something anniversary the, the author and he was talking about like yeah, I I couldn't have foreseen cell phones, okay? And I wasn't going to rewrite the the fiction so that it seemed less ridiculous and everybody had cell phones because that would ruin everything. And like, it's okay, such a boring well. futuristic step. That, <laughs> well, like it was so boring no one expected it. Yeah. We're going back to what you were saying about how everybody kind of riffs off of other cyberpunk genres. Going back to Neuromancer, I remember that Gibson, I believe, he said that he had not finished writing Neuromancer and suddenly Blade Runner came out. Oh and he, he, was, he was watching that and he was like, oh my god, they've... This is all the stuff I imagined, and it's in this movie. And he saw he was afraid that you know that his book was going to bomb because of that, and he did not intend it at all. But as we all know, did fine. And then mm-hmm. this game came out four years later after his book. So. Yeah, but it becomes this mishmash of like, okay, so where where did the Japanese influence in cyberpunk first originate? You know, it's like you you try to to identify like the first instance of certain tropes that like, and like literally, I'm saying they all just rip each other off. It's like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing that, like, yeah, early cyberpunk that was written in the West, like, incorporated, I think there was, like, this 
rising Japanese corporatism in the 80s that was mm-hmm. tickling a yes. lot of American imaginations, especially. And so, like, yeah, we're making that part of our dark future. The Japanese will run everything. And then the Japanese also appropriated cyberpunk and brought, like, all their own additions to it and kind of created... Yeah. Put, put fresh spins on the genre in all kinds of weird 80s and 90s anime. Well, they saw stuff like, yeah, like Sararimen in Japan who mm-hmm. were like basically kind of giving their lives to a corporation and Cyberpunk took that to the extreme of like, no, you're going to live inside a corporate like yep. arcology building yes. and, and then... And then now we live in present day where Google is literally building housing next to their campus. And like, oh, I was like, okay. surprise, it turned out to be us, not the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how soon until we get those launch arcologies from SimCity 2000 that turn into spaceships and let us leave <laughs> this mud ball that we're ruining? Anyway, um, we, the reason we're talking all this stuff about <laughs> cyberpunk isn't just to fill time, but to set up that cyberpunk has long been a fixture in video games of course you know this already probably if you've listened to us this long uh (laughs) and we wanted to look at other cyberpunk games but in in the spirit of making this both easier and harder for ourselves we're only looking at cyberpunk franchises multi-game series and we will get into our top five of those right after this do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And what did we decide, Baker? Did Totally totally Rad actually come out? Don't think so. But okay. if it did, it was on my birthday. I turned 14 that day. Happy and birthday, I guess that's Baker! Rad. It was Magical John in Japan. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a toilet accessory. It was also They were also cartoon characters in Japan, and for America, they were California surfer dudes uh-huh. who looked real, like, in the cutscenes. And it's just like, yeah, that's everything that's wrong with America. Because mm-hmm. instead of just accepting these amazingly designed characters, like, no, 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 we want to be kids to be able to see themselves in mobile. Who are kids? And everything we watched had like a, yo, bro, let's party. Uh, we're all Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, no, we're fucking not. Some of us are quiet guys. How did that become so ubiquitous that everyone was a fucking surfer yes. in the 80s, even if I, they lived in, like, Illinois? Some of us aren't even white. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And we're back to talk about what? Top five cyberpunk gaming franchises. Yes. That's how uncopywritten cyberpunk was. I don't know. It's like if if Call of Duty dropped this year and it was just called Major Studio First Person Shooter. Like, how did cyberpunk just get to, like, call itself the genre that it is? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't don't know if it coined the term. But uh, isn't it that Gibson, like, doesn't like the term himself? I think I remember reading once, like, he's not a huge fan of that term. Yeah. Maybe, but you know that from there grew steampunk and space punk and all kinds of other hyphen punk genres. Yes, uh, true. 
Yeah, true. But, but we're going to talk about cyberpunk beginning with number five. Uh, a league of their own. <laughs> I, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm just going to say Valhalla, even yes. though it's a combination of letters and it's, numbers. It's written so. at VA-11 space H-A-L-L hyphen A, oh, Valhalla, but it's the name of a bar. And I know some people are already wrinkling their noses and saying, that's not a series, that's a single game. However, <laughs> we're cheating a little bit because there is a sequel that has been yeah. announced, uh, was announced a couple years ago and is still in the works, recently got delayed, called Nirvana, which is also spelled a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a spin-off uh, free game on Itch.io called Valhalla Kids, where you play as wow. the owner of the bar, who you don't play as in, in Valhalla, and everybody's like an eight-year-old now. And Whoa. Yeah, somebody bar. somebody wrecked a booth at this school. <laughs> we got to find out who it is. But No, this game's it's it's not quite a visual novel, right? But It's, it's mostly it's a visual of... novel with some gameplay elements. And the gameplay <laughs> is... You are mixing drinks from five fictitious ingredients that have names like Bronson extract. And (laughs) by mixing these five ingredients, you can make like a wide variety of of drinks and you you can add ice, you can age it. And like you, you have to follow recipes in this book, but you will get patrons who will come in and they will chat with you. And as they're chatting, they'll stop and ask for a drink. And sometimes they'll ask for drinks by name, which easy. As long as you don't fuck up mixing it, you're you're golden. But sometimes they'll they'll ask for something very esoteric and weird, or or just like say seventeen. Yes, the number seventeen. Just serve me that. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> serve me a, a VA dash eleven Hall A on Steam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or that Nintendo Switch. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, it's it's on both. It's on both. I just said or. But, Michael, you were telling me what makes this unique is that you are trying to piece together. Because yes. one, one signature, one staple of a lot of, of cyberpunk is it's noir. It's usually some kind of mystery involved. And in this game, you're trying to piece together a story, but through told through the eyes of your patrons as they're talking to yes. you, right? Is that how this yeah. works? Yeah, so you, you are playing as Jill, a bartender, and you only, like, you go... To work, you go home, and you will occasionally go out to a shop, which is just a list of items that you can buy. And uh, so, other than like you, you get to like read a couple short articles on your phone before going to work. Then you go into work, and everything you learn about the world comes through the patrons as you're talking to them. Like people will come in and talk about things going on outside, or their jobs, or this. Uh, idol singer that they're trying to get an interview with and then like the idol singer comes in later and you get to hear her side of of that story and uh you know things start to it 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 takes on kind of a papers pleasey feel after a while in that like things Mm -hmm. bad things start to happen outside like you hear about terrorist attacks the city's corrupt police force has started turning on citizens and just shooting people and you're just stuck inside the bar trying to just give people a drink and, and figure out what is the hell is going on out there. That sounds kind of cool. But, but yeah, it is It is kind of cool. And, like, yeah, despite the fact that it was all just, like, non-interactive dialogue and mixing drinks, like, I, I got hooked on this for 
a number of hours. And I would play more sounds from it, but they would all sound like this. Just, you know, dialogue, words appearing with little different toned beeps. Cool synth soundtrack, though. Yeah. Little, little, little more mm-hmm. upbeat than your typical cyberpunk yeah. fan. It sounded it's... like Final Fight wasn't accepting my quarter. <laughs> yeah. It was also very anime, but this was a surprising amount of fun, and I was skeptical of it because it seemed like one of those games is just like, well, this got a lot of high reviews from people who seem to dislike games in general, but... Uh... <laughs> the same description talks about the waifu, so that, that, that alone yeah. makes it... Yeah, they, they do <laughs> refer to it as like a, a waifu cyberpunk bar simulator, <laughs> But yeah, you're, uh, Jill, the main character, is uh, clearly has some sort of crush slash fascination on her boss, who is an ex pro wrestler with a cybernetic arm. And every time she meets someone who also knows the boss, she's like, "You know how she got her arm?" And it's like, "Well, man, she never said." You know, there's a rumor that she lost it during a wrestling match with some bears, but you know that that seems silly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's one of the beauties of the cyberpunk universe, though, is like losing an eye or a mm-hmm. limb or something is kind of no big deal because you have all yeah. these cybernetic cybernetic organs. I am um, it, it uh, little trivia fact about Matt Allen. I originally went to college trying to study biomedical engineering because I was so fascinated mm-hmm. with artificial limbs and such from cyberpunk. And then I quickly realized the real world shit is not nearly as cool as in no. cyberpunk. And, no. uh, but yeah, it was something I was like fascinated with because I'm like, well, how would you, and, and they don't know how, and that's the, that's the point, mm-hmm. but how would you take a synapse of firing like a signal from the brain and then use that to move a servo and stuff like yeah, that? I always wondered about yeah. that. Like, couldn't they read like... Uh, impulses from the severed nerves in the stump. It's like no, that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's impossible, basically. It, it's well, it's it's I, my understanding is they're kind of like speaking to. It's like analog to digital, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. it's sorta, but you need that kind of magic uh, Rosetta Stone to translate those signals to say, okay, this this is what this actually. Got to wait for Sony to send you the part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's it's always like such a staple, and in a lot of cyberpunk, not only are you like replacing limbs, you're usually upgrading them. Some people are yeah, doing it yes. willfully; they're just yeah, saying, just "Hey, no, I want to. I'm opting in." For chop this off I want my better arm. Eyes. Give me a. Uh, it's like I lost an arm. Heck yeah! Even Luke Skywalker's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, true. <laughs> Star Wars cyberpunk. <laughs> Discuss. I mean, it probably ripped off some elements, like yeah, because in like. In cyberpunk, typically, when you replace a real your your meat flesh, uh, mm-hmm. you lose some of your essence, and yes, so you humanity. can't do certain things. Well, that that's one thing. Like when before I knew more about cyberpunk, the game, I I was kind of like excited about the possibilities. Like because I'd, I'd read like the source books when I was in high school. I'd never played it with anybody, but like there's things like cyber psychosis that if you replace too much of your body, you just com- completely lose touch with your humanity and become this rampaging monster. Like. Yeah. What if you could be and that in the game? <laughs> I think that happens. I want to say that happens in Neuromancer. Even you encounter some people that it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. clearly their mind is fried because it's like you're basically giving yourself severe post-traumatic stress disorder by like removing parts of your human body. And mm-hmm. it's a constant reminder of like, oh, I'm no longer human. And so eventually it drives people mad. So. Yeah. I wonder if you would still have the phantom limb thing going on, even if you had the mechanical mm, prosthetics. That's a good question. If, if the prosthetics can also feel like, wouldn't the, uh, the phantom limb feeling just sort of transpose itself onto the, the metal? Who knows? But I wonder if we are still in I mean, situation. would it still try to hook up with Dr. Girlfriend? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right.
<laughs> well, different fandom. But yeah, Val- Valhalla, check it out. I'm I'm excited for Nirvana because it will also add like dialogue options, so you can uh, have an extra layer of interactivity that is not in this game. But uh, so check it out, uh, and also consider checking out number four. Important work. Killing thousands of Exactly. To save the world. You do know Londoners have died before. Hmm? The plague, the great fire, the blitz. There's not much fun. But destruction is always the cure. And it begins today. Zero day. Oh, good branding on that. Uh, <laughs> what's this? I just played this. This is this is that was specifically Watch Dogs Legion, right? Yeah. But I would I would argue that Watch Dogs as a whole is like right on the border of fitting into yeah. a cyberpunk milieu in that it's it's got well it's got part of the cyber in that you have the the phone filled with ridiculous hacks that it, you interface with your environment and manipulate it to your will, and you've also definitely got the punk in that especially in the first well in in every single game. You are rebelling against some larger authority. In in the first game, it's organized crime. In the second game, it's all these corporations and scammy religions and other stuff like that. And then in Watch Dogs mm-hmm. Legion, it's Zero Day and Albion and that one crime family that I forget the name of. <laughs> Aiden Pierce is sort of like... 70s punk that has grown up mm-hmm. now and is like a dad punk. He's like he's like how Johnny Rotten went MAGA. Like that's kind yeah. of <laughs> I didn't I mean, sell the, out. I bought in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both wear ball caps. Uh. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Oh my god. I, please someone photoshop Aiden Pierce with a MAGA hat on, please. No, oh please god. Don't. <laughs> but yeah, no, watch, watch that. You're right, Michael. It I the way I was describing it to you cuz we were like, "Well, is it cyberpunk i'm like well one and two is like cyberpunk before it's gone full dystopia and then legion is like no it's Mm -hmm. it's now turned over to full dystopia like it's it's just right there on the cusp of two it's like ooh, there are some severe invasions of privacy going on and stuff like that and then like legion's like oh no because they faked this terrorist attack now people have given over all their rights and freeman freedoms to this like privatized security thing that's mm-hmm. actually yeah yeah it's it's full-on dystopia it's the rise future. of corporate hegemony i was mm-hmm. is is that synonymous with the cyberpunk genre though it often dystopian. is that like mm-hmm. most cyberpunk stories at least the ones that i've i know about like take place in a world where like governments are irrelevant at best and completely non-functional at worst and corporations have just taken over the day-to-day administration of society everyone kind of just lives under corporate rules and one of the reasons that criminality is so rampant is because a lot of the corporations are like just don't fuck with our operations and we won't fuck with you yeah that i would say is the defining thing mm -hmm. yeah the other part of it's typically like if you're um if you're if you're a character in one of these stories in Cyberpunk, you're typically off the grid in that mm-hmm. you've you've tried to like wipe your data from these big corporate databases. So like normies like us, we would full on like have social security system numbers yeah. in their system and whatever. They'd fully be tracking us. But like the true runners would be like, yeah, no, they're completely off the grid because they don't want to they don't operate within the rules of regular society. Just like in Densec, how you you show up on security cameras as a mosaic blur <laughs> because you, you have, have the, you have the sec- second game literally that the tutorial is you erasing your data from the public database, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now you're dead sec. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I think it 
I, I was going to say Watch Dogs Legion doesn't have quite the same rampant body modification, but then if you think about it, like, well, everyone's wearing those optics, which are yes. the, the little was, mm-hmm. cranial implant things at the temple, which is like, this is supposed to replace cell phones and other stuff, and really it's just a method of controlling everybody, but you can hack it. Like, that's how you make bodies disappear. You're not actually cloaking them. You're just interfering with nearby optics to, uh, to, to so that they don't see the body. Yep. Which is interesting. Yeah. Eventually they would smell it, though. You would think. Yeah, well, eventually, yeah. But, you know, you, you <laughs> hopefully be gone by then. You're not going to stick around the three or four days it takes her to start to stink. <laughs> I mean, you I could easily <laughs> see Watch Dogs series having some future entry that goes like 30 years further mm. in the future where there are people with full-on body mods. Because a lot yeah. of the, you know, the, I, the gameplay I, of Watch Dogs is like, oh, set up a shock trap for this, you know, guy who's patrolling this area. I could eventually see you just hacking into their systems and frying them directly. Mm-hmm. I think if Cyberpunk 2077 is a big success, I would bet a lot of money that's where Watch Dogs goes. We well, it was on. kind of like... I, I know their when, way um, already. When Cyberpunk moved out of the way, I think Watch Dogs was like, okay, cool. Like, they, they, they were similar enough to be on each other's radar, I'm sure. Isn't, you know, I'm not that familiar with, you know, I, I, I couldn't get interested in Watch Dogs for the stupidest reason, but uh, it's, it, don't, don't they also make a, like, a bigger effort to ground it into the real world, at least in the first two games, yeah. to, like, give us a warning system? Whereas Cyberpunk, even though, yeah, it's California, that's mm-hmm. clearly not the California we know. Looks yeah. like, it looks like yeah. the airport in Total Recall, which mm. I learned it's, was in Mexico, which is why it looks all weird. <laughs> it's It starts to get that way in Legion where, like, in, yes, it's still technically London, but there's, like, all these virtual billboards and, like, there's there's these giant landmarks that are just huge holograms in London, which is very, mm-hmm. like, cyberpunk versus, yeah. like, yeah, two, Watch Dogs 2 doesn't have so much of that. It's still very recognizable as San Francisco, so. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it's sort of like Metal Gear in that, like, at some point in the timeline, uh, technology diverged and theirs is much more advanced. And yet it's still like the first two games are still set in the modern day, like in specific years. But, yeah, the, there was this system developed called CTOS that can control entire cities despite being able to be immediately hacked by some dude with a cell phone and a bunch of apps. And, uh, yeah, let's big municipalities will immediately adopt this and, and spread it throughout the city and it'll be in everyone's cars. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's Watch Dogs is very much like, um, it's right before Cyberdyne became self-aware mm. and, yeah. 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 Okay. and Legion is kind of after it, you know, yeah. after yeah. the system, uh, takes over. And you know, I don't Do want to get Terminator Three or Terminator Two: The Ride 3D. <laughs> <laughs> it's a canon movie. Both um, legitimate sequels. Mm-hmm. Which there was never <laughs> actually a ride component. It was always just a theater. It was a movie that they sprayed water on you. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't want to spoil too much about Watch Dogs Legion, but like one of my favorite missions, like gets into transhumanism stuff, like the idea of uploading your mind to a computer. And, oh yeah, uh, one of the most disturbing missions, actually. Yeah, I yeah. was talking talking to someone online. Not even the main payoff part. There's an early portion of that mission that, um, as a dog owner, mm-hmm. really pulled at the heartstrings. It was bit, like, oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I do enjoy the series. And full disclosure, I do work for Ubisoft. And I do feel like 2 was where it was like at its most, you know, punk the, out of the cyberpunk mm-hmm. equation yeah. where like you, oh, you yeah. are a, a band of idealists 
rebelling against corrupt entities. And Legion, it, it's the same premise, but somehow that dead sec feels a little bit less idealistic and a little more cynical, but it's just like, yeah, we're going to fight to take our city back. We're going to do it. I think it depends who you recruit, because yeah. I had pretty punk rock. I was telling you, I, I had a 70-plus-year-old woman with a mohawk with facial piercings and tattoo all over. I think of, I might have gotten her, totally too. this proc like, gen. Yeah, I think you get her when you liberate one of the boroughs, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, well, I recruited her because she was like a a mission one of the like mission people who gives you a mission to liberate a borough and then i'm like well she's really unique looking i want her on my team <laughs> yeah. even though i think she had one of those negative perks that she could just die at any minute oh, from no. random causes oh, God. Yeah. yeah that'll happen but yeah <laughs> anyway we should move on to the next entry which is number three you can already tell it's old just from the sound <laughs> yeah, Chris getting into it. And for some reason, it just goes silent when the car hits the guy. Um, Let me whip out my <laughs> green monocle, and mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know what this is. Shadow thing. This is Syndicate. Yes. Okay, oh, I was thinking about Shadowrun. Yeah. If, if I'd played this clip, it would have been slightly clearer. <laughs> you would have been like, what the hell is silicate? <laughs> Which is all I've ever heard when I hear that part of I don't know why that's in the music. But it is what they made 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 game chips yeah. out of, Michael. So, so Syndicate <laughs> is a, a dark corporate controlled future where yeah. you are you're on the side of one of the corporations, uh, Eurocorp. And your job in the first game is to manage a strike team of four brainwashed cybernetic agents to, to accomplish various missions and take over various territories. And this came out in like a pre-Grand Theft Auto world. So uh, playing this as a high schooler, it felt very revolutionary to be put in charge of what is essentially a terrorist death squad that operates with impunity and can gun down cops and civilians uh, if you don't feel like covertly accomplishing your mission. Like, that is an option. That will lead to success, sure. There's no yeah. real penalty. Um, uh, yeah, oh I my think gosh, this kind of It's known yeah. for flexibility of mission solving, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, you can you can go about it guns blazing, but yep. you, you can also do this. Yep. You can, you can shoot at some cops and steal their car and just start running people over <laughs> as long as you kill the person you're there to kill or whatever else but yeah this is by bullfrog which was peter molyneux company it was followed up by syndicate wars which i remember came out for for playstation one and this time around you could either play as the corporate agents or you could play on the side of religious zealots who are trying to uh reform the world but this one had a bit more voiceover objective acquired Massive EMP registering in Sector G2. Cultists on scanner and closing. Targets in LOS. Request order update. Destroyed. Yeah, and the, the intro begins with, like, some corporate executive who's just walking around in his happy sunlit neighborhood and waves at a cop. And then, like, the cultists, like, take charge of his corporate ship and like don't be afraid we're gonna show you the world as it really is and then like everything turns into night and 
the cop has armor all of a sudden and everything's shitty now. And Oh, no. And then the agents show up and, and just cleanse the area, basically. Um, I was beginning to believe. Yeah. It made its impression back in the, in the 90s, and that's why probably a lot of people were pissed off when it came back in 2012 as a shooter by Starbreeze, yeah. the, the Chronicles of Riddick people. Right, right. Yeah, and it, like, it's pretty good. You know, you, you're not controlling a strike team of four agents, which is a little, you know, loses that real-time strategy fun. But you had, like, an experimental chip that would let you hack things in the environment. I think you could, like, hack grenades in mid-throw and defuse them, or you could hack other people's implants and make them kill themselves or join your side briefly. And it had some phenomenal voice acting talent. And this guy, he just keeps on surprising us. Right, Kilo? Ready for assignment? He did well, but I'm still tweaking it. Time for tweaking is over, Lily. We need to talk mass implementation for Dart 6 and all agents. What we need is more time, Jack. We're not ready. That's not my impression. Kilo proved Dart 6 works. Unless so, I'm missing something. Kilo, you just keep surprising us. So those first two actors are Brian Cox and Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. I can yeah. tell oh, wow. from here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they put, they put some money behind this. And uh, yeah. I think people were kind of turned off it at the time. But like now, especially if you revisit this on PC... Uh, it looks really good, and it's still very playable. I, I think, you know, eight years is long enough to pad the disappointment of, like, this isn't the Syndicate game that fans wanted. This is the one, I think EA owns the Syndicate, maybe, but this yes. is the one that every E3, there's always rumors, or every, like, Game Awards, oh, there's going to be a Syndicate, they're going to show a new Syndicate, and this is the one that, like, I remember Jeff Gersman from Giant Bomb really loved the new Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Like he gave it a five out of five stars. Oh, and, wow. and Yeah, and so he he's the one that's always just kind of like yeah, you know. Um, because I think he he just it it it's really similar. It's funny you mentioned like the the series went from what it was traditionally to the shooter because another cyberpunk series that I would I would bet is on our list did the same thing uh when Mm, technology enabled them to do new things and so it was weird like a lot of cyberpunk franchises felt that need to like well let's let's go into first person and give you those tools directly versus kind of they were almost like isometric rpgs before Mm -hmm. like some of them that would like let you manage that tool set uh, in a third person point of view so if you'll recall xcom did the same thing where like we saw what would become xcom the bureau uh, before the rebooted XCOM showed up, like the, the yeah. tactical game. And so everybody was like, it's like Syndicate again. What the hell are you doing? Yep. Yep. I do recall yeah. it. Yeah, that was kind of a bad trend for a while. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and it's like if you like the new games, it's not a problem. Like this new Syndicate is yeah. it's just a different thing. Yeah. You know, it's- and it, and it kind of dives into the, the, the fiction of the world a little bit more. And that like at some point these chips were developed that let people connect with the web and with electronics and rendered all electronic devices obsolete. And only about 50% of the world has these chips. And the other 50% is just left to like, you don't get any benefits. You don't get to participate in society. We're ignoring you. So it's like one of those Mark of the Beast things where it's like, you can only do business if you have the chip. 
and right. and it, it kind of gets into the the have nots side of the equation that like this this is a world ruled by corporations but it's not entirely corporations and there are people who want to strike back at it and uh you you playing as an elite heartless amoral agent of this corporation uh do eventually discover those people and you get to make some choices about how heartless and amoral you really want to be um mm. Of course. Of video course. <laughs> of course. Video games. Video games, man. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just missed I missed this one. It was mm. yeah, eight years ago. Um My sa- my and, my cyberpunk character actually sacrificed my heart to add more dick. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Second you dick you in your do. chest. Yeah, I left that slider all the way down. This dick pumps come through my veins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> too gross sorry um, <laughs> just gross enough yeah, yeah. I'm vain. all good okay <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it moving or else it'll dry um anyway. <laughs> syndicate's great syndicate's great i love it um but clearly if you want to talk about strong cyberpunk franchises you need to talk about number two two enemies caverns Matt, I think you might be the only person here who might recognize this as part of the series we're about to talk about. Um, well, wait, this isn't the one, the series I always talk about. Yes. Yeah. That didn't sound anything like, oh, Shadow I know why. Run. It's because you were playing from that stupid <laughs> internet video, the live action thing, weren't you? No, I was what? playing from a, a long play of uh, Shadowrun, oh. the 360 oh. game. Oh, the 360. That. God, get the out of here. The 360. See, I was playing those I'm remakes, sitting here yes. waiting for some awesome synth-heavy fucking music, uh, either from the SNES or the Genesis version. Yeah, Shadowrun. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, got thought, you, I, I got you. Here's some combat from Shadowrun Dragonfall. <sighs> And RPG with tactical battles. Always Shadowrun is 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 a cyberpunk franchise that has had almost like every type of genre game like mm-hmm. at one time. Like yeah. the the original console games, they were well, first of all, they were very different on they the were. SNES version versus the Genesis version. But the SNES version was like a it was a, a isometric RPG, but it wasn't turn-based combat. It was just kind of like shoot your yeah. gun and try yeah. to hit these guys as much it's as you can. Frequently compared to Zelda for some reason. Like I've heard it compared to Zelda a lot. Well, I, I think one of the reasons why it, it goes so well into other genres is that they did this. Let's take the cyberpunk thing, but let's also take this whole Tolkien-esque. You know, yeah. there are yes. dwarves and elves yeah. and orcs around. So, yeah. so Shadowrun is basically cyberpunk, but one day something happened and magic came back to the world and with it came all these different metahuman species your elves your orcs your trolls and i mean they well, were can, they were just I normal people and then they just turned into these these i could tell you what happened. happened it was a a global pandemic happened ah, uh, that started to started to kill people and then some people who could survive 
started to magically change into what looked like other species like trolls mm. and at first the people that got afflicted first it kind of looked like a bad disease because like people who had became trolls like they their skin started to harden they grew these like plates on their skin it was kind of like oh my god what's happening like there's genetic Dragon reproduction skin. out of control and then they started seeing these beautiful elf like people with long mm. slender ears and they're like wait a minute and and then they yeah they had like dwarfism was was occurring and it's like oh shit uh, and then that was all coupled with the United States. I mean, look, we don't have magic yet, but the United States is about to, to fracture. Yeah. <laughs> like it started to fracture. <laughs> uh, indigenous peoples and Native Americans basically got magic was woken up and they said, we are using this to take back this land you have stolen yeah. from us forever and ever. And they took back entire chunks of the U.S. And there's only like big mega cities carved out, like basically the, the entire Pacific Northwest belongs to indigenous people again except for seattle which mm -hmm. is where most shadow run action tends to take place yeah, gotta um, use that monorail that only goes so far in real life <laughs> yeah yeah which wasn't even there when set when shadow run was around like that thing didn't connect with the airport back in the day it was, yeah, wasn't, it was wasn't there something limited. about the great ghost dance which also like ties into this failed rebellion movement from like the late 19th that, century well, the great ghost dance was like, yeah, when the native Americans were like threatening the government, like leave us alone or we will wipe you out with huge magic. And, mm -hmm. and you basically, yeah, because there's, in addition to there being magic, like mages, there's actually shamans. Like the, the yep. shamanic tradition is from like the native, uh, the indigenous peoples. And so, but, but when you play the tabletop game, you, you have to choose like, okay, am I going to be a magician? Who's very like book centric, or the shamans. I think what we heard there in that little clip you played is someone had sh had summoned a spirit who's kind of casting spells on their behalf. Is is what? Uh, yeah. How that tends to work. It's, it's. I'll, I'll say this. It's a fascinating setting, and I read the novels and stuff and loved it with a really shitty tabletop rule set. Like the actual uh -huh. tabletop is. Imagine D&D, &D, but only a bunch of six-sided dice. They don't use any of the other types of dice. So it's literally sometimes it's like roll 20 D6s. And you're like, what? Yeah. 20 fucking six-sided dice? What? Ooh, it's a really many? bad system. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. My dice will get mixed in with everyone else's. It's like they're touching you. But it was, it, it was like, Leif's, to Leif's point, it's such a video gamey setting because mm. it's like, okay, let's take all the cool shit with... It's like if you, if all of us were in junior high and we were trying to plot out the ultimate thing. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna have fucking cyberpunk, <laughs> right? but yeah. there's gonna be oh, yeah. magic, but there's gonna be fucking also, like, all this cool shit. There's, like, a civil war in the United States, man. And, and it's like, oh, okay. And there's gonna be fucking dragons, dude. It's like, like what that's... teenagers were doing with, like, gurps and rifts and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're just yes. gonna blend a bunch of genres um, but yeah, the the games have been there. There've been quite a lot of diversity over the years. Like, and mm -hmm. and just and I want to say, if you want to get into those games mm -hmm. now, I would go for the newer ones by Harebrain Schemes. because yes. uh, yeah. they did a revival. Shadowruns Return, Shadowrun Hong Kong. These are all really good RPGs. I think I reviewed yeah. all. Her of them. Harebrain Schemes is run by Jordan Weissman, who is he was one of the original creators of, of oh, Shadowrun. So nice. he kind of got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear um, Dragonfall is the best of the three, although it is. a lot of people would put it neck and neck with Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they all kind of got better. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was Hong Kong the last one, or was that Dragonfall? I, I think, think it was the last. Dragonfall, one. I think was, Dragonfall was in the middle. Is yeah, Dragonfall I think not. takes place in Germany, and then mm -hmm. Hong Kong, of course, yeah. takes place in Hong Kong, and then the the OG one is is Seattle. Um, and yeah, I mean that series, it's it's it was weird because like the original games. 
were critically acclaimed. Like people, they were these cult hit games mm-hmm. and just kind of like, you know, in a very niche genre. And then for some reason, like Microsoft ended up working with what eventually became Hairbrain's schemes. It was FASA uh, to do a little little game, um, the, the airplane combat game, right? Uh, oh, yeah, Crimson Skies. Crim- Crimson Skies. Sure. Crimson yeah. Skies. But then the other game that came out of that was this big Microsoft exclusive Shadowrun. But yep. it was this first-person tactical shooter that everyone's like, "What the fuck? Why did you make Shadowrun a shooter? Yeah, multiplayer only. Didn't shooter. even have a story. <laughs> That's right. That was. I remember that was why it was semi-controversial back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the problems when you have a franchise that has so many like elements. It's like this mixing pot of cool shit. It's like, well. They took a bunch of those elements, but they pulled out all the wrong ones. Like, they mm. missed, like, the cool shit about Shadowrun was the noir, was the yeah. story. And it's like, yeah, the powers and the shooting, any game can do that. Like, mm. I'm here for the I'm here for the cool synth soundtrack and the feel of, of Shadowrun. Yeah. I do remember there was, I, 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 man, I love my experience playing that game. Because the first weapon I fired just planted a massive tree. Yeah, a healing tree. It just <laughs> yeah. heals people next to it. It's fucking dope. And, 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 and we found that. It's, I, I know I feel like I've talked about this a billion times in VGA, but it was an idea I think Tyler had to find the most abandoned multiplayer servers yes, in right. the 360 era. Whereas <laughs> yeah, like, like Kane and Lynch was zero, but then we walked into Shadowrun, and it was just like we just get in, we open up a server, fire up quick, uh, quick match. And then it's just like, you just hear like people be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, someone's here. Who is the outlier? And nobody's fighting. It's just a, <laughs> it's just like seven, eight people just living in this in this map and like do everything they can to get us kicked. We keep trying to join Probably them again. We terrorists only, planning something. <laughs> we only join that match and like and it's only on that map and with those people and they keep kicking us out and like they they're not playing a single game. They're just <laughs> hanging out in Shadowrun. It was fascinating. Jesus. I bet they were role playing. I bet they yeah. were like, oh, yeah, geez. we're just going to have a role playing session. <laughs> no, they, I mean, I, I not to give them shit, but they may have been like, I don't know, maybe Shadowrun had fan servicey shit and was really cool to certain Shadowrun fans and maybe not for shooter fans. And they were just hanging out in the server. It was one of those deals where, like, you know how we always make fun of Hollywood for, like, taking the game series yeah. we love and then fucking it up with this thing that has nothing to do with the game? Mm-hmm. For some reason, the game gave all the players these, like, weird gliders to get around yes. the map, which was way more like a tribes thing. That that wasn't yeah. part of Shadowrun yeah, at all, no, dude. No, that, that immediately rubbed me the wrong way when I saw it. And, and yeah, this was, like, something that had a legacy of games. Like, going back, I think the one that I hear people talk about the most is the classic Super Nintendo one. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it also had a Genesis one. They not only looked and played very different, they sounded very different. Uh, here's what combat sounds like in uh, in the Super Nintendo version. I like that bass-heavy Seinfeldian <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, George yeah. was supposed to pick me up at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, the Genesis one sounds very much like a Genesis game. Oh. Wow. Oh. 
they both yeah. had different takes on going into the Matrix, the uh, 3D mental representation of the internet. And, and the Super Nintendo one, to be fair, was actually kind of boring. It was just this top-down thing where you're going from square to square, navigating against uh, ICs, like the attack programs. Yeah, yeah. Kind of boring. Whereas the Genesis one was like full on, fuck yeah, lawnmower man! Just big sprites over the shoulder, flying through space, battling giant cubes, giving the right password. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, and, and then it's, uh, it's one of those things where, like, finally... When Hairbrain Schemes came back, they kind of were like, well, we're going to take ownership back of this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and they did it the right way. They did it as a, as a turn-based RPG, which is like, okay, that's probably how you should play most tabletop games in video game form. And yeah. so it's like, okay, you have invisible dice rolls deciding if you hit. You know, you you have, uh, yeah, you can, it's all, you're going to plot out your magic. Okay, I'm going to sit and go on Overwatch and wait for people and all this shit. And it's just like, they're really good games, but what that also enabled them to do is they don't worry so much about spending a ton of time on, on the combat and stuff. It's really just like they're writing these really intricate, in-depth stories, yeah. you know, like, well, the, it, it the kind of feels like reminded me a lot of Neverwinter nights and that like, okay, so here's mm. this, this engine, basically this skeleton of a game and we will just write new modules for it that will yes. vary in quality. But it's, it's really about the story and the encounters that we create. Um, and yeah, I remember like when the first one, Shadowrun Returns came out, like the, the reaction I remember seeing was like, well, this is kind of disappointing, but it's a step in the right direction. And then the games that followed were like, yes, much more of this. This is amazing. And yeah. Yeah. If, I think Found if you were a footing. fan, the first game was like eight solid eight or above. Everyone mm -hmm. else is like, oh, it's like a sevens. And then like, yeah, the other ones kind of nailed it. The other thing we have to remember is. This was a Kickstarter. It was That's one right, of yeah. the most successful Kickstarters yes, up until was. things like Shenmue. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, fans, this really showed like, no, there are Shadowrun fans out there and they fucking wanted this badly. Oh, dude. yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, hey, they're all in my game as, as the fucking sketch. I hate the portrait shit of like, you're a backer, <laughs> your portrait's in my video game now. God. That is one of my least favorite things about Kickstarted games. Like, like bloodstained with like the, this is clearly drawn from a photograph. What are you doing? It doesn't yeah. mesh the art style at all yes and most of you do not look like you should be featured in video games i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, who are these I'm weird sorry. guys in glasses just sort of hanging out on the periphery of the good guys base in this other game oh what they're they're kickstarter backers i see what I they, talk what about they, they do when you, when you have it, thousands of dis in disposable income and you're sick of waiting 19 minutes to find yourself in the credits mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, gotta, but it's it's so funny you mentioned bloodstain because they did a similar thing in Shadowrun of like bloodstain would be like oh we're gonna add vampire fangs to this guy's photo and then Shadowrun would be like we're putting a data jack on your yeah. temple, or we're turning you into a troll. We're giving, like... giving you Kano's eye plate. Yes. <laughs> That's always yes. a popular one. You know it's it cyberpunk when like... you got robot eyes. It, it just looked like layered on there. You're like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is clearly a photograph with a Photoshop filter applied on Yes. Yes, oh, yeah. wow. but no, Shadowrun, I, one of my favorite, I, every chance we get, I got to talk about it on these shows because mm -hmm. it's like, it's such like my 
junior high Matt coming out and just like, fuck yeah, dude, this is awesome. But then I would look at it and I'm like, that is the dumbest shit ever, like yeah, magic yeah. with cyberpunk. <laughs> but it's fucking great. It, it works. works. Cool. It works. Yeah. See, I didn't play the earlier games. I only played those newer ones. And I, I yeah, I got really interested in, into, the, into the series after that. So, yeah. Nice. I, I'd say if it's worth tracking down the SNES version and playing, mm. like it yeah. fucking okay. still holds up. Like it's actually still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it actually draws elements from a book series too. There was a there was a trilogy of books, and so in the game you have this like dog spirit. Yes, and that's related to to the the books. Is basically you're a guy who doesn't know you're a shaman until like later in life, and that's like right. that yeah, is yeah. your your spirit that like is awakening the magic in you. Neat. Uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. But um, if you want to talk about a series that kind of embodies the cyberpunk spirit of uh, rampant body augmentation and runaway sinister conspiracies and everything else, you got to talk about. I didn't risk my neck to have you lose it in a pile of CPUs and scuzzy adapters. Well, look at you using the big words. <laughs> The, the, I never asked for this. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean this is was this? I never asked for this. <laughs> there it is. I just, I someone do a sketch of Adam Jensen at a Wendy's, and he gets the wrong order, and then it's just like him taking it back, going, "I never asked for this." Uh, no, sorry, I'm sir. Sure what did you want? Between a cheeseburger deluxe and a junior bacon cheese. That, that is that is the voice of uh, Elias Tofexis, Prometheus in Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Just FYI. Oh, really? Yes. What? Yes. Adam Jensen. Yes. Yeah. He follows me on Twitter. I'm very proud. Remember his, his finest triumph insult comic, though. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I never asked for this to poop. Yeah. So, Deus Ex, again, we're going to talk about a series that spans a bunch of different games, although not yeah. so much genres. They're all first-person adventures. The original Deus Ex, uh, created by uh, Ion Storm with a team headed by Warren Spector, was considered revolutionary for its time with the amount of choice that it gave you. Like, like mm-hmm. even though you're like, you're you're a shadowy government agent who talks like Cornfed the Pig from Duckman. You have all these decisions in the way that you interact with people. You can just be a complete brute uh, going around gunning down people. You can try to seek peaceful resolutions even when dealing with terrorists, and you can talk to a lot of people with really really unfortunate accents. Majestic 12 attacked the club. I think he would consider forming an alliance. Mr. Denton, you are the man I hoped you were. Tracer Tong is inside, in his laboratory below the compound. There's a mm. lot of that. That's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> in no that problem. first game. <laughs> uh, we take the good with the bad, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. The first two games were, were Ion Storm, and mm-hmm. then eventually... I mean, I know Square... Did, did Square do both? No, did, or did Square just do Mankind Divided? Who did Human Revolution? Okay, Square got... Square acquired ADOS, which had the, the license. That's they, what it they was. inherited it from Ion Storm. Uh, and they did Human Revolution and Mankind Divided and the various mobile games, which are all pretty good. Oh, yeah, don't sleep on Deus Ex Go. Deus Ex Go's fucking yeah. really... It's, it's one of my favorite Go games. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deus Ex, go to the polls. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it is really good. It is really good. I don't even know how you'd describe it. It's sort of like a stealth board game, almost. Yeah, I mean, if you played Hitman Go or Lara Croft mm-hmm. Go, it's it's that, but then they incorporate yeah. Adam Jensen's powers. Like, you 
you can hack things from across the board to help solve puzzles. Right, it's yeah. it's actually much harder, I think, than either of the other two previous Go games. So it's like if you've mastered those, Deus Ex Go is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, but um, so I, I think this series hit a snag with Invisible War, the the sequel, and and also like we're not counting. I think uh, was it Project Snowblind. Which mm. was, it was originally going to be a multiplayer Deus Ex game, and then it just spun off into its own thing. Yeah. But but uh, Deus Ex Invisible War, the, the first sequel, was also the first game that I played, so I did not understand why people just completely savaged it. Because I, I guess it dumbed down a lot of the decisions and character customization options that the first game had. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was kind of fun. Another game set in Seattle where you have to, among other things, try to settle a, a corporate war between two Starbucks parodies, Pequod's Coffee and, I think, Queequeg's Coffee. Oh, God. And, <laughs> and so it, gets, it gets lethal. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember that game. Like, it, it basically became a Book of Revelations thing where it started working in all these things. Like, there's a swarm of locusts in the Middle East that are, like, they're, they're nanites and they just kind of... They stop all communication and travel, and uh, you have to decide whether to throw your lot in with different factions. Uh, spoiler, you can uh, side with J.C. Denton, whose initials suddenly take on added significance. It's like, he's the only sincere leader mankind has ever had, and if you side with him, he will connect all minds with this uh, perfect AI and... But is it really perfect freedom or perfect fascism? And you can also side with the Illuminati who say things like, It's hard to believe now, but hundreds of years ago, humanity was divided into armed camps of millions of people. And it's like, oh, they're talking about countries. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Or you can side with the Knights Templar who are uh, Luddites and want to destroy all augmented people. Or, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's several different factions. It's, it's neat. And Do the Knights Templar tell you if you choose them? You chose wisely. <laughs> I don't know, probably. I'm sure they they think so, but they're kind of jerks, so I don't know why you would. I just they're want you to know jerks. when I think of that, all I think of is that stupid Diet Coke promo that like played before that movie on the VHS, like every time. For those those mm. old like me, you will know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I think I, I can imagine it even though I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen it. Um but, but yeah, Deus Ex, then I, I think that left such a bad taste in people's mouths that when Human Revolution, I always get Human Revolution was, yeah. it, that's what's weird is that's where I kind of found out about the series, really. Mm, yeah. it, I mean, were the other games on console or were they PC only affair? No, they were, well, it might have been a console exclusive. The first one, now the first one was on PC, then it came to PS2. The okay. second one was, I believe, PC and Xbox. Where does Invisible War fall in? And then Human Revolution was also on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Human Revolution was one of those franchises where they're like, it's coming back. And I'm like, I don't remember it to begin with, but that looks same, awesome. What that was me too. Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think there was a lot of skepticism. It's like, is this going to be another dumb shooter? And I remember like the first level kind of... Uh, tricks you a little bit makes you think it's going to be because you don't get any augmentations or anything you're just a you know the the chief of security at this mega corporation and oh no you get blown up and they they try to save your life but they have to put you through this radical surgery and replace a bunch of your body with cybernetic parts and uh you know how convenient 
Yeah, well, you know what he says. I never asked for this. It, just, it was never just did. something that was done to him. Uh, right. Very, very sad. But uh, yeah, it's it's also interesting in that it, it kind of gets into uh, Jensen himself. The main character has sort of a sketchy backstory. Tell me you're the guy we've been twiddling our thumbs waiting for. SI security. Name's Jensen. Jensen. Yeah. I thought I recognized you. Used to be on team two till that Mexican town thing went down. I gotta say, you're the last person I pictured taking orders from a CEO. Things change. Not always for the better. But what's especially striking about the work that you do is that, like, especially in the first game, it paints Seraph Industries, your employer, as, like, the rare, like, white hat corporation. Where, like, mm-hmm. yes, the, the leader is a, this billionaire, but he he seems to have people's welfare, you know, genuinely at heart, and he's very friendly with uh, with Adam. Look, I don't want this to come between us. I'll send the files to your computer. You can see for yourself what he dug up. But Adam, you better be sure. Why? What do you mean? I mean, sometimes the past should stay in the past. I'm your boss, and I'm, I'm the billionaire CEO of a massive corporation, but I really care about you, my employee. And it's important that we have a good friendship in all this. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm actually one of the good guys, sort of, nominally. Yeah. And I've got yeah. a lot of money invested in you. Yeah, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Seraph Industries, the, your your employer is, like, this massive corporation that sells augmentations and prostheses and stuff like that. So you're you're tricked out. You're basically a walking billboard for their services. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're RoboCop. Yeah. You're basically this advertisement for, hey, look, look at this cool, better cop we can build with machinery. And yeah, stuff. basically. And and yeah. yeah, you can you can also be robo negotiator if you want. Like you can. Yeah, you can go through. You can just, you know, flip out and kill people. Be like the uh, the destructive og that all the pe- protesters complain about that what everyone fears. Or you can, you know, end things non-lethally. You can stealth around and just knock people out and uh, talk your way through a bunch of encounters which it was kind of a disappointment in that first game because it sets you up to believe that you can do this all the time and then it it uh puts you through a bunch of unavoidable boss encounters where it's like oh have you not been working on any of your combat skills well guess what you're going to have Whoopsie. a real hard time with this now yeah yeah, yeah. it's um i mean cuz pretty much it's not a pure shooter, but there's mm-hmm. only like three paths to every level. It's like either you're going to sneak around, you're going to talk your way through shit, or you're going to shoot your way through shit. Like those yeah. are kind of the main choices you have. And and part of sneaking and talking is using some cool gadgets in tech. And part of fighting is like using your some cool gadgets in tech. But yeah, it's pretty much like those are the three. And you can you can swap between them at you know kind of most unless you've like riled up the guards in an area you can you can pretty much go how you need to and it's just a really cool series but it's um it's an awfully lot like uh one of this week's new releases to be yeah. honest with you well I, I think one of the the key differences is the aesthetics that i think they really tried to give this an original look and feel and mm-hmm. so i remember them talking about it like yeah we wanted to like all the fashions and the aesthetics in this game are like this idea of a second renaissance. And so like the, the things that people, people's clothing is kind of inspired by what people wore in the renaissance. There's a lot of gold lighting for some reason, like everything's lit up gold. Things you can interact with are highlighted Mm -hmm. in gold. Like that was very much the, the visual motif 
of this yep, game. Yep, a lot of black, blacks and golds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the third game, third, whatever you want to call it, that's the oh. fourth game, fourth game, Mankind Divided. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it plays a lot on this kind of like these racial things because you, you yes. mentioned the Augs, and mm-hmm. basically it's like yeah, society is just kind of like yeah are we going to discriminate against augmented people or not? And it, it, it sets up the fact that they're really going to explore some heavy issues. I don't know that it pays those off in the game itself, but it's like, yeah, it, it is fully prepared as a game to, to discuss some things. We mm-hmm. probably aren't that comfortable talking about that often in video games. So it's like, you got to give them credit for at least trying. I, I don't know that they really succeeded that well then yeah. but uh it's a great series. i mean don't get me wrong it's it's a fucking great game yeah yeah but all of both both the new ones are very good i also appreciate that there is a running joke in uh, at least a couple of the games that tells you basically like look we're giving you a lot of freedom but the game is also paying attention to what you're doing so bear that in mind by the way Devin, stay out of the ladies restroom that kind of activity embarrasses the agency more than it does you Oh, and by the way, Jensen, I know you've gone through a lot of physical changes of late, but you didn't become a woman. Stay out of the ladies' restroom. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I often, uh, part of part of the freedom in these games is you can just kind of like break into your neighbor's apartments and read their emails and mm-hmm. shit. And you can get, it's one of those games where you can get lost, like someone was paid to write these emails and I feel yeah. like I owe it to them to be the only person to read those emails. Somebody <laughs> might never, never see these because they're not nosy enough. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those games where you can just wait. It's like, well, how long did you play the game? Like, well, 100 hours, but really I, the campaign was 20 and mm-hmm. then it was just me dicking around the rest of that time. It's it's a little similar to... Um, Oh, like the it's like a thinking man's shooter, like the Dishonored series. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're kind of gonna have a but, few options to get with through little, these levels. A little more, just kind of, I, I guess, a little less urgency than Dishonored, and that, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can spend a lot of time in just like the open areas exploring. It kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Uh, okay, it's just sure. like yeah, this this big open hub world that you could just sort of. You know, spend as much time as you want there, but then once you go into the the mission area, now you better be ready to rock and roll. And this game, so I went to a a press event, like a preview event for this game, and I did see one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the games industry is uh, they had partnered with an actual prosthetic manufacturer on like a prosthetic arm that looked just like like an Adam Jensen arm. Like it had that theme, like the oh, metallic, nice. almost like the gold. And there was some, some like black, like almost like a Kevlar finish. It looks so badass. Like, yeah, I was fascinated with it. Awesome. But yeah, Deus Ex, I know you guys had a couple favorites that didn't make the list either because they weren't series or Tron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I that, think, that does count as a, as a series, but it just, just has the, the, uh, you know, the matrix, the grid, whatever you want to call it. It's, yeah, because out, outside, outside of the Tron world, the it's just it. Yeah, it's just a bunch of old dudes in arcades. Mm. You know, it's yeah. not. <laughs> How dare you assume the grid is not the world? Hmm. It's oh, a vastly populated be. world it's of different world. kinds of people. Clearly, you never played any of the arcade games, or the like. Three distinct Wii, DS, and PS three sixty games that came out. I never played any of the Tron Legacy games, but I did love Tron two Tron Which gave you, among other things, the the lol sniper rifle. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the the the, the program was named in that that game? Mathria. 
I believe it's Tron Legacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's very. It makes the series very confusing. I just remember it because like there there is an AI called Mathria in that game, and I, I made the terrible dad joke, writing a review about it. How do you save a program like Mathria? And nobody got it. <laughs> How do you save a program <laughs> like Mathria? Uh, no. Come on, send a music, somebody. <laughs> I, Jesus I'm, fucking I'm Christ! Ever be. Matt's the sound of music guy. Uh, we should all be still the music right guys. <laughs> yeah, no, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I don't like the sound of music that much. I'm, I like so musicals, just maybe not the sound of music. Hey, sorry. Oh. It is the sorry. musical. Uh, uh, oh. hmm. Did you play? Yeah, did you I play think, jazz? I think you were prompting us, Michael. We we considered some other things. Yeah, that were not series. One that I wanted on here was a little game called Invisible Ink, which mm-hmm. is one of the best tactical RPGs ever created. But there's only one of them. But it's yes. it does take place in a very cyberpunk setting. And it's what's great about it is it is literally a tactical RPG where you're not supposed to fight. You really are just supposed to sneak around and get past enemies. And it's really cool. Hmm. It sounds like a reality show about a ninja tattoo artist. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never see him coming. You just wait. Just, you'll just wake up with a tribal tattoo around your wrist. Hmm. And, <laughs> I also tried to get into the the Tex Murphy games a little bit for this, which are like this this very long running series of like mostly FMV games. But it's like I can't tell if this is cyberpunk or just like a sort of goofy parody of 1940s noir films set in a post apocalyptic San Francisco. Uh, I think it's that. Yeah, I think it's the it's second probably one. that. Let's call it that. Anyway, that's been our top five. On that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about. Cyberpunk and a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned. I've got lazy eyes, and I know what you're thinking. It comes as no surprise. Christmas lights are blinking, and I'm so curious, and I'm so curious, and I'm so curious, and I've got lazy eyes. Hey! I'm so curious, and I'm so curious, and I'm so curious, and I've got lazy eyes. Hey! I've got lazy eyes, and I know what you're thinking. It comes as no surprise. Christmas lights are blinking, and I'm so curious, and I'm so curious, and I'm so curious. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I've been um, clinically depressed. A lot of things that have been happening this week includes my doctor quitting. And me having hmm. to find a new doctor. You broke them? I did. He quit via suicide. No, he, uh, but, but uh, no. <laughs> Funny suicide joke. Uh, no, he, he just moved. So, but like, I'm in the middle of like, oh God, I need a new, my plumber literally broke up with me and my doctor left me. Like, Are you I mean, having a gastro issue? Is that why your plumber and your doctor both had to leave? <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I am mainlining baked beans. This election has got me so nervous. Baked beans. I've got one inch piece of shit left in me. I got another one to quit, you fucker. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our final segment where we're just going to hit this button. 
Uh, there is only one new release we need to talk about, and that is, of course, Cyber Crush 2069, what which I did not play. I also did not play Sex, Drugs, and Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk SFX, or uh, House Flipper Cyberpunk DLC, all of which <laughs> came out in the last few weeks, presumably to capitalize on the release of Cyberpunk 2077. We just did a... a- 30 2010 games um, with one another, and I had to avoid the like fourth modern combat game, the game that that is like infamous for dressing itself up to look like modern warfare, and has sold an impressive amount of copies despite nobody really knowing what it is. Modern (laughs) combat. It sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like those non-Disney Snow White films or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's they're they're there just to capitalize on name brand alone. And, and, and the, the hype for Cyberpunk is so thick. I decided to write a Jimmy Fallon list of very real things that came out this week, oh, just boy. to capitalize on Cyberpunk. Oh, fame. please, yes, can't wait. Hey, man, I just want to say in my best uh, Johnny Carson wish, some of these are terrible. Um, <laughs> but I wrote these in the break, so here we go. Uh, we got Kuiper Punk. Um, that is that is a punk version of the song Tic-Tac-Toe by Kuiper. Um, that yes! is something I never get tired of making. <laughs> ah, Johnny. Yes! <laughs> um, we have on, Jonathan stick, stick Frakes. with Johnny. I'll be your head. Let's do it. We Let's have Jonathan Frakes' it. new uh, TNG Cologne, the Riker Funk. That is that is also out this week. We Classic, did- <laughs> Johnny. Classic. Yes. <laughs> we also have the Napoleon Dynamite NBA Jam game Liger Dunk, and um, I <laughs> and TMZ is also capitalizing it uh, on it with the video Mike Myers Drunk, and um, and all next gen consoles due to lack of supply are seeing their buyers shrunk. Well, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out of here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was wild. That was wild. As I said, (laughs) as I said at the top of the show, 50% of our distinguished panel has played Cyberpunk 2077. Um, What what do you guys think? This is obviously going to be initial impressions. We will have something more in depth next week, I promise. But uh, what, what what, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of Cyberpunk's? I was going. I started out as a nomad, so my my section starts out in the desert. So it's kind of like Red Dead Redemption with cars for a second, oh, you sweet. know, but first person. <laughs> and so uh, it's, uh, but then you eventually arrive in Night City. So that's kind of cool. I did the VR training sim- thing. I think I'm getting. I think it, it gets better once you actually get into the city because I was just kind of like meh when I was out there in the desert. But uh, do you do you get sent to a different place depending on what class you pick? Yes, it does. You have three different start, three different beginnings. Yes. Okay. Just like yeah, I, I wanted to know about that. Like, yeah, you. So you were the nomad. I was the um, street kids. I know the corpse or the other one. Yeah, yeah, the cor- Yeah, there was the there's the corporate. There's a norm nomad, and then there's there's kind of like eh, those are the people from the streets. And now with yours, do you meet? Uh, Jackie right away who yes. and then like he, he's kind of your buddy that shows you the ropes totally do I'm, I okay. probably meet him and in my context I was picking up a, a you know something that they need to smuggle in I don't know if it changed with you but I needed to smuggle something across the border with him okay no I, no so with the street one you start out in a bar and you start out trying to do your bartender friend a favor to he owes money to a fixer and the fixer says okay well to pay if you want to pay his debt you're going to go have to steal this awesome car from this garage and then the guy you get driven by this guy the padre on the way to steal the car and um 
and then you both kind of get caught by the cops and then you and Jackie it shows like a montage here's you over the next six months becoming best of buds in the cyberpunk world and getting drunk together and fighting people and and then yeah it, it really drops you kind of the full on tutorials like uh, I'm going to put you through this combat simulator and then we're going on a mission buddy you and me pal we're going on a mission and uh, that's I, I got through all that stuff and now I, th- I actually just think it's right about to open up for me yeah. but so far it is um it's not the Witcher folks I can yeah. I can I can tell you right now like if you're <laughs> expecting Witcher 3 look elsewhere but it, here's the thing I want it to be the Witcher and I've based well, all my Witcher, assumptions my about the game on it being as good as the Witcher I I gave, I gave up on playing The Witcher because like well Cyberpunk will be out soon and I'll be able to do this in an environment I care frankly like more than medieval times ye older I prefer ye old medieval times so. it's but it's um it almost is more like like think of opening scenes to Call of Duty games where you're riding you're someone else is driving and you're along for the ride and you're talking and occasionally shoot shooting out a window um yes. or even. Think of like the way Bethesda games begin of like, oh, I'm I'm here in the back of this wagon and uh, then something big's going to happen around me. And oh, shit, I'm dropped into the middle of this thing and I better fight my way out. And that's um, that's cyberpunk so far to me. And it even to kind of extend that Bethesda analogy, this game has encumbrance like you will pick things up and you have encumbrance of like, oh, don't. Don't carry too much stuff around. Oh, it's going to hinder you. That's an oh, instant. God, I haven't seen that I'm yet. not interested thing. Shit. <laughs> it, it also, I was a little surprised. So, like, I, I was able to design, like, a really, what I think is a really cool-looking character and stuff. I was sort of surprised there weren't more character creation customization Yes! Options. It was, seemed really limited. I kept thinking, okay, well, there's got to be more. I kept scrolling, trying to find more options. Yeah. They weren't there. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's like 10 to 20 versions of faces and hairstyles and stuff like that. And of course, you can simulate different types of penises. But mm-hmm. um, yes! other than that, I was... I was kind of like, oh, okay. So then after you do that, you have like six different stats. You can slot some predetermined points into, but it's not like I thought I was going to go in there and be like, oh, I'm going to select a class. Like I want to be a fucking street samurai, right? Like like a very common trope in cyberpunk where I want to be a a hacker slash, you know, Decker if you're in Shadowrun, if you will. Nothing like that. It very much looks to me more like a Bethesda game. Like, well... Over the course of the game, you're going to get experience and level up these areas, but you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades. You can kind of do a little bit of everything if you want, or you can choose to specialize. And that was a little disappointing to me. Especially since The Witcher even had those trees like that, where you right. could become an alchemist or something like that. Yeah, yeah so so far, it's... it's um, I mean, dude, it's it's beautiful. I'm playing a PC, by the way, and that's how I was able to play it a little early, because they actually opened up the game at like 4 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday yes. Um, and so I was look, kind of looking at my settings and fiddling around with my, my visuals and I'm, I'm doing RTX, you know, I got RTX ultra on. And so I'm getting ray tracing going here and running it in 1440 and it fucking looks beautiful. And if you've ever have wanted to, like, I want to live in a cyberpunk world, like it's doing a great job of that for me so far. Um, still, still though, probably gonna have to play a lot more to really fully understand how the mission structure ties into the overall open world, like what my levels of freedom are so far. But it, it is playing very much like a cross between the newer Deus Ex games and like a Bethesda our first person RPG, which so it's not terrible. It's just not 
The Witcher. You're, you're no. fucking so kind of, here, Here's a question. How GTA is it? Like, if I want to just save my game and start going on a Kill Crazy Rampage, is that something I, you I can do? I don't know that yet. Oh. Because the early, that first hour is like, you're locked into this mission. And I will tell you, like, as I was heading to places... I could open a map and see icons appearing on an open world map. Um, so I assume at, what, at some point it will open up and let me yes. just go to those places at my own will. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, though, a um, friend of the show, Carolyn Pettit's review was talking about is like the world, though, In doesn't Polygon. really let you go inside a lot of those buildings. It's I just kind of like, yeah, they're, they're just set me. dressing. It's, that's too yeah. ambitious. Yeah. Listen, I have to give them a break on that. Considering everything else we've seen in that world so far, that's, yeah, that's a little much. But I think I think people, like a lot of this, you know, the hype they built up for this game was kind of like, you're going to be able to go into any bar you want. And, and you know, uh, you're, I'm already starting to see a hint of like a faction system of the game. Like, you know, there's early game I'm, I'm in the car with this one guy and this other rival gang comes up and it's like oh who is that guy oh he's the head of this the street gang and so it's kind of like oh i can tell i'm gonna get on their bad side and probably always fight this faction and maybe suck up to this other other faction over here and do jobs for him in fact <laughs> in reading some of the reviews of the game it's like not very cyberpunk but apparently you can do jobs for the cops yeah. Well, what I, what I read was that like you like there are crimes in progress and you can intervene and stop them and then you'll just like get a reward wired to your account. You're not like that's the new anarchy directly taking missions police. from cops. Yeah, I mean to, to be fair, occasionally in Shadowrun you can also do that because they're usually not just cops; they're like a security corporation. And, mm-hmm. and so the whole thing with with Cyberpunk is. You work outside the typical corporation structure, and sometimes you will play both sides. It's like, I'm going to do a job for this corporation now, and then screw over that corporation on my next job, because I don't really care. Because yeah, you know? you're I'm a mercenary. Just gonna... Yeah, sometimes rebel. I will just take whoever's willing to pay me the most money. I'm just going to turn mid-mission on, on someone. So, haven't seen any of that stuff yet, but so far it's just like, yeah, dude, it's really cool-looking first-person RPG experience. Um, I'm excited. I- I'm excited to play more. One of the things, okay, I think our experiences start sinking with the montage. I would be willing to bet that the montage I saw is exactly the same one you saw because Probably. it's just getting to with your buddy. But uh, before that, what I was saying when I was playing in the desert and stuff like that, one thing I was telling Michael is I, I wasn't. I, I guess maybe I'm jaded and maybe I had been you know too many uh, expectations and maybe most likely it was the setting. I was not that impressed with the graphics at first. I think I'd been built up to, whoa, super realistic. But mm. I think they must do better with the city than out in the open world with the yeah. with the desert and stuff. I mean, because, the city the city looks like Blade Runner. Like, yes. You know, you know what to expect if you've seen Blade Runner. So. And I think it looks more realistic, too. I think that it, it's, the, the landscape still looked very video gamey. I guess I'm trying mm. to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing at mm. full settings, too. I have an RTX card, too, and stuff. But it's... Uh, yeah, so, but it, it, I started appreciating the aesthetics more when I got into the city. Yeah. yeah. So, a uh, lot, lot more to dig in um, and really just get, get under the hood of how the game works. But I, I mean, I'm almost biased going in just because I'm such a fan of the cyber cyberpunk genre. So, I'm, I'm more prone to like this type of experience just right off the bat, you know, so. Cool. I found the voice acting kind of middling, and I was yeah. expecting more. Most from people it. have said that. I, I, I can definitely see that. Some there's there's a lot of. I think it was again Carolyn in her review was saying this this game feels old in certain ways in certain yes. places, and I think the voice acting performances are, are some mm. of that. My I, my guess would be 
A, a lot of that was probably still done when we were locked down under a pandemic, but just B is like, there just might be so much voice acting in the game, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, when you have yeah. that many lines. Well, that, that was an interesting analogy she made, like talking about Johnny Silverhand, Keanu Reeves' character, that uh, at some point, like, his digital soul becomes bonded to yours, so like, he's a ghost that only you can see. And, uh, but she's saying like, yeah, his, his attitudes like seem kind of antiquated, like somebody who was like, really cool and like uh socially relevant 30 years ago but now has has failed to keep up with the times and that's kind of what the game's attitude sort of feels like i think that's a huge spoiler uh because the yeah, giant bomb started to hint at that of like keanu reese's character was in this band that was big in this universe like 30 years ago and you don't know why he still looks so young not, not with me Dogstar is still the shit man. I fucking love <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen that in a lot of maybe it is a spoiler but I've seen that in a lot of places yeah in a lot of reviews and I mean yeah. you know we, we all knew Johnny Silverhand was like a big character in it so yes he was the better draw piece. I would say this fucking action figure has been available for like a year like I'm, <laughs> I've never seen anything like this as far as games go like uh, this character doesn't exist yet and I've been able to buy him for a year <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, like he—he he is a holdover from I think the Cyberpunk tabletop game. Yes, he is. Like he was—he was an oh. existing character in that world. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing we—I um, think it was on Giant Bomb they mentioned. I always forget. Like this is technically a licensed game. Yes. I—I I have to imagine. I mean, The Witcher is the also license a licensed game. Witcher is still licensed. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. that I knew, but not when it came out. I mean, it was. They just didn't yeah. give him a lot of money for it, and he was very bitter about it. Yeah, yeah he's so, so bitter. Yeah. <laughs> they renegotiated and gave him more money. Like that's how bitter he was. Maybe the no residuals in video games and HBO Max. Kid, get used to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, yeah. So so far from what I played, it feels like a big. Big dumb expensive video game. So I, yeah, you <laughs> know. I'm not seeing anything that's like, wow, this is generation pushing and stuff. I could tell I'm probably going to play it to the end. Uh, I mean, enjoy it, but yeah, yeah, it's. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's that's fine. Like I don't I don't need this to be a radical redefinition of video games. Agreed. I just need it to be like, is this going to be a fun experience? Is this going to be something I'm going to really enjoy and get stuck into? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so far from what I've played, I can see how it's not for everybody, and I can see how some some of the reviews are a little lower than others. Definitely, it's, and a lot of it's. I think this happens to any big game. Is like, if it's not a if if you go in and it doesn't align with what you thought it was going to be, you you might judge it a little bit harsher. I like you, Michael. I think I was really trying to avoid a lot of the marketing for mm-hmm. this game pre-release. I was just like, nope. I just want to yep. know about the setting. No, cool. I, I do not want to watch the first several hours. I'm good. I want to experience <laughs> yeah. that on my own. I didn't watch any of those Nightfire or whatever the fuck those were. You know. Like, and the hype is so high. I don't want to... I don't know about any of the misdeeds of the company. I've just lightly looked at them. The hype is so high, it's at anti-hype levels, where there's like yeah. factions of people who hate this game, more, <laughs> who have never played it. Yeah, there are factions of people who seem dedicated to just making fun of it and ripping it a new asshole and ridiculing anyone who wants to play it. <laughs> yeah, that, and that, that's, yeah. that's how you know yeah. anticipation is really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also get like if you're not interested in something, being sick of hearing about it, but... 
I am by definition not very interested in something like this, but it's just like I don't know how to avoid it at this point. And there's a buy two get one free, so take my cultural. What am I supposed to do? Week. Get it free. I'm gonna play play a bad Avengers game, and then probably a year from now, apologize to you and Matt and say Yakuza Like a Dragon was what I should have played at this time. You, you <laughs> should definitely be really playing should. Yakuza yeah. Like a Dragon. As we speak, there are 516,000 viewers of this on uh, Twitch. Damn. Oh, yeah, I, well, it, it launch day, apparently, it was like, not only, it was breaking Steam and GOG in terms of like people trying to patch it, because there was, that's the other thing is, fucking, it's a big, big file with big updates like the day zero patch was was huge so. yeah i think i saw 57.3 gigabytes trending on twitter for a while just by itself <laughs> yeah so just know that like if you um buy this game you you may not be playing it same day depending on your internet connection mm. so oh, buyer well. beware there well let's move along to We start off our new segment with one of my favorite segments we do on VGA, which is, of course, the VGA Hollywood segment. Uh, first up, there's a little game series called Metal Gear. You guys ever heard of it? No, never. Metal What's it about? Gear. Explain it in 20 words or less. <laughs> no, that's your cue to go, Metal Gear. What is it about? Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no. So Metal Gear is... Apparently, there's been a movie that's been in the works for quite a long time, directed yeah. by Jordan Voight Roberts of Kong Skull Island fame. He he was in uh, Death Stranding, so he he owes Kojima yes. clearly. That that's also yeah. true. <laughs> that guy that guy is a beautiful maniac, by mm. the way. I, I think they said he filmed Col- Kong Skull Island in Vietnam and decided like. I'm never leaving, and I'll be taking all my meetings here. Really, <laughs> I, I like Vietnam. Yeah, uh, it is the the movie's written by Derek Connolly and uh, being produced by Avi Arad of like uh, Marvel movie, Spider-Man. like original OG Marvel movie fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they might have their Solid Snake, uh, and it's a little. It's a gentleman by the name of Oscar Isaac, aka Poe Dameron, is going to be Snake. That's yeah. quite the catch. Yeah, yeah. AKA Apocalypse. <laughs> um, you, you guys don't get, don't don't get too excited. Well, man, it, I, like, I'm oh, interested oh, to yeah. see what he could bring to the character, but he would not be like he's not what I imagine immediately. Like, uh, and obviously Kurt Russell's too old, but Kurt Russell's Snake Plissken is the mold for a solid snake. Totally, sure. And totally. and I'm I'm also I I, I kind of both would want to see and don't want to see Oscar Isaac doing a voice through the whole movie. <laughs> did you did yeah. you even ask what Jason Statham's American accent sounded like? Because <laughs> that's what the voice is. That's I don't think Statham like that, can grow the mullet quite like Solid I just, Snake. I, just, I couldn't help but Wigs roll my exist. eyes because, like, not unlike Cyberpunk, this was all that was in my feed for an entire day. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure if you were like Michael, you were just constantly annoyed that they were showing pictures of not Solid Snake. Yes, they were showing pictures of Venom Snake, which is not (laughs) Solid Snake. It is a different character, although if really we're talking about, like, themes and behaviors, etc., it is exactly the same character. It's just a different person. I I knew you would be annoyed by that, Michael. I saw saw a lot of people posting about it. They're like, these are four snakes. Only one of them is Solid Snake. He's got an eye patch and a horn, and he's covered in blood. 
God, come on. <laughs> I was annoyed in that if you're so excited for a Metal Gear movie, just play Metal Gear. Like, that's, that's yeah, mostly what it is. There are like four Metal Gear movies, at least five probably, just made of cutscenes on YouTube. I mean, yeah. what, you what yeah. story would this be that would please a Metal Gear fan? Would yeah. it a new story? Would it condense half of one? The Deadline report specifically said the 1998 game, so I guess Metal Gear Solid mm. won, but... I don't understand how that would be satisfying. <laughs> I don't all. either. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. Because, like, I played that game several times. I don't know how you do that movie justice and... Mm. Uh, or how you do that story justice I, I think movie. you do, the like, the very first Metal Gear game, because that is vague enough that as long as you follow the same vague sequence of events you can do whatever the fuck you want with it and especially because Oscar Isaac is young enough to be like a greenhorn solid snake on his first solo mission like I could buy that I'm trying to sneak in here hey man I feel asleep (laughs) (laughs) I need that I need someone to say I feel asleep Oscar Isaac is a little like he's pretty charming and he's like wisecracking and I'm like that's not Solid Snake at all like Snake Plissken was wisecracking but like Solid Snake is very stoic and kind of boring as a character like he's not but so so is Oscar Inside Llewellyn Davis is weirdly the movie I think about when I think about he probably be a good Solid Snake or at least convincing as a person. Um, well, if that's a question Oscar Isaac would ask better than David Hayter ever did. Yeah. And it won't be embarrassing <laughs> to see. Well, I think a lot of this is, is driven by like Oscar Isaac was out there publicly saying, I would love to play this role. And so it's yeah. kind of like, ooh, a, an A-list actor wants to play this game character. Get him, get him, get him. Dude, he's, so. the, he's the best. And I've loved him in everything I've ever seen him in. And I'm, I'm fine with the casting. It's just, it's just the idea of a Metal Gear movie and like, stop asking for things like this. Why do you want to see this? Why do you, I agree. I it's not like your video, your favorite video games, being promoted. If anything, it's being diluted. It's. I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound cynical. No, but I'm I get just you. Old, I get you. And I'd no, rather I, see new. You stories. know what I want though? I want Kiefer Sutherland to be to come back as like one of the bad like, guy les hmm. enfants terribles. You know, like maybe, maybe if, the president. If there, was a, if there was a movie theater that had like two doors, and one of them said Oscar Isaac Major Studio Metal Gear movie, and then. Kojima short film, I would pay double to see whatever movie Kojima made than whatever the Hollywood adaptation is of Metal Gear. I, I just, I find, I don't know, grossed out by it. I don't care. Maybe maybe Kiefer could play Big Bus, even though he looks nothing like Oscar Isaac. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. It was, which was the president, which was the, the, the one who became a president? Which, which snake? That's uh, Solidus. So uh, like that's George the Solidus never really look like the other snake, so it's like yeah, that's maybe true. Kiefer could play Solidus. But I mean, maybe maybe he could have if he was younger and didn't have the facial hair. I don't know. Maybe maybe. But Chris, you said you were grossed out by something. Well, then you probably shouldn't listen to this next story because uh, the Monster Hunter movie uh, got a date. It got moved up uh, actually to December eighteenth. But that's not the bad part of this story. That that's fine and dandy. It's it's all the racism <laughs> that. Uh, that that happens. So there there was a clip from the movie that um, leaked that ended up kind of in the Chinese version of the movie, um, where basically one of the characters was making a really bad old racist Chinese joke, talking about, uh, "Hey, what kind of knees are these?" and 
Yeah. You can Chinese. probably fill in the rest. Like, yeah, you but can that, fill that's in the like, rest like, that. That's not even a race. Like, that, that is a schoolyard racist joke. Like, it doesn't yeah. even make any goddamn sense. Right. I know right. it ends with, look at these, and you're supposed to lift up your shirt. Yeah. Yes. Like, well, the, the schoolyard version was like, you do things with your eyes that are... Yes, but it ended up oh, in see, the movie, and to the point where the movie got pulled from theaters in China, which is a big no-no for the success of modern cinema. You have to be playing in <laughs> to, The success in of any cinema where we can't go to movies here. Who cares when your release date is? <laughs> like, if you get banned from China's movie theaters, you're yeah. fucked. Yeah, but but to the point where like Paul is it W S Anderson? What the fuck? Yes. I was gonna, he he had to I, issue I call a public him, I apology. call him Mister Jovovich. He, that's his name. <laughs> he had he had to like publicly go out there and be like, I'm so sorry. Technically, he said, I'm sorry, but in my defense, I'm a bad director, and people keep giving me money, and I've done a lot of racist <laughs> shit before too, and no one said anything. Well, so. here, here's his, here's his official statement. He he was quote unquote devastated to learn that the line offended Chinese audiences, saying mm-hmm. the film was made as fun entertainment and it was never our intention to send a message of discrimination or disrespect uh and then the guy who says the line in the movie i think he's he's kind of a rapper on the side in addition to an actor it's jin ah young also um he responded on instagram with an apology saying the line was intended to be uplifting um ah yes <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how he's that talking about his own ah, knees yes. when we're yeah. disparaging people different from us we're always trying to uplift one another that is so. <laughs> yeah, you can bet that that movie, uh, that that scene got got yanked out, and in the version we'll all see now, December eighteenth. Can't wait. Mark it on your calendars. Monster Hunter, the most historically accurate version of Monster Hunter to ever hit the silver screen. Can't mm-hmm. wait. Can't mm. wait. Um, just like I can't wait for Halo Infinite, which um, we knew got delayed out of this year, but they. Uh, 343 Industries uh, gave, let us know that it's actually coming fall 2021 now. So it's thank it's, God. We know we know one year after a, a console launch, we'll finally have an exclusive. That'll be great. I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little surprised. I, I thought for sure it was like oh a Q1 Q2 deal. Um, a lot of this though. So when they when they came out and confirmed the new date, they started to show off some some more imagery from the game, and basically, I think a lot of this was in response to that clip. They'd shown earlier this year where like one of the enemies didn't look so great and didn't look very next gen in the gorilla face that everybody yes yes and so all of the um, the stuff they showed this time looked it looked really good now granted it was a dude in Master Chief armor so there is no face to render there but it Mm. it looked next gen and looked pretty freaking badass so yeah I think they're gonna they're using that extra year to to really kind of improve on the visuals which hey that's a good thing right. Uh, but but it's also but it's also like if they're a year they're proposing a, a release date almost a year from now. You know what happens when studios usually do that? Predict their release date a year from now? Never happens. Oh, Halo Infinite's coming out. It's I mean it's no, coming yeah. out, but like I think we're looking at now like March twenty twenty two. Oof. Oh, man. man. That would, be, that would not wow. be great for the Xbox. That's not good. That's not good. It's a good thing they own Bethesda. Um. <laughs> hey, look. They may not have the, the best games, but they have a great financing plan. 
Well, here's a game that, uh, yeah, you're either going to like it or not, depending on if you like the kind of genre. Uh, there's a new Persona game coming out. Persona mm-hmm. 5 Strikers was yeah. announced. I never saw it coming. It's a soccer game. It's February 23rd. No, it's not soccer. <laughs> it is a Muso game. Um, so, yeah. But luckily, it does feature some of the kind of staples of the Persona series. They they have all-out attacks, and apparently you'll be able to pause the action at times and plan out your moves and play as all the various Phantom Thieves, which is really what people are there for. Yeah, what what's interesting about this especially is that it this is a legit story sequel to okay. to Persona 5. Like, it yes. will continue that story. It will be canon. It will just be a Musou game. So it's, it's sort of like... Uh, you know, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity being the legit prequel to um, Breath of the Wild. For, for what it's worth, I do enjoy uh, Age of Calamity. But it's if I, if I were asking for a Zelda prequel, that that uh, model would probably not be my first choice. I think, it, yeah, there's lots of people who would not be the first choice. Mm-hmm. But hey, whatever. You know, you get more Persona, you get more Zelda. So who are sure. we to complain? Um, Gamers, we're customers. That's who we are to complain. That's true. <laughs> Gamers so that's coming will, out February 23rd, so very soon, very soon. And just after that, in the spring, Microsoft confirmed xCloud is finally coming to iOS and PC in spring of 2021. So that, uh, you might remember, is included as part of Game Pass Ultimate. So now you'll be able to stream your games. Like, the, the mobile stuff... I, I could honestly care less about I, I'm not going to walk around with a fucking Bluetooth controller for my iPhone, mm-hmm. but the stuff where I can stream it to a PC all of a sudden becomes more compelling for me, you know, or like a laptop, like sure. if I'm ever able to travel again, if I'm on the road for stuff, that'd be mm-hmm. great. But yeah, so that is next, next spring. So look forward to that. I'm very excited. Um, very excited. And that's included with Ultimate, isn't it? Ultimate it is. Only? Yeah, it is. It is included with Ultimate. Okay. The thing is, is on iOS, it will have to be on a browser, I think, yeah, because mm. Apple did not actually relax its standards. Yeah. Mm. There was something about that, or no? I think Apple was saying they would have to review every game that came to the service, and that was the big blocker between the two. So apparently, they've worked out those issues. They've gotten past them. So. Um, and then final update here, Twitch has updated their harassment and hateful conduct policies, mm. uh, which is something that a lot of uh, Twitch streamers, uh, content creators, whatever you want to fucking call them, uh, <laughs> they've been asking for for quite some time. They're basically adding a lot of new rules regarding hate speech, sexual harassment on the platform. Um, just kind of clarifying some stuff that was kind of gray area. They're just saying like, no, this is exactly what we mean. Like, you cannot do this stuff. The weird part of this, though, is they like kind of set like this date. Like, okay, we're going to start to enforce all these in the future. So now it just feels like what's that movie series where the, it's like the, the one day a year everyone can get their shit in? The purge. The purge. The purge. Yes. Now, now it's just like a big purge on Twitch. Like, all right, fine, just get your shit in where you can. Yeah. Harass everyone now. Tomorrow it's gonna be bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow everything's gonna suck. But the kind of stuff they're they're, they're being very specific about is like, um, if you claim that a victim of a well documented violent tragedy is a crisis actor or is lying, that gets you fucking out of here. Get out of here, Alex Jones. Um, 
encouraging others to DDoS people, hack or dox people. If you do any of that shit, you're fucking out of here. Uh, inciting malicious raids on people's uh, social media profiles off the platform, off Twitch, will get you banned. Someone's taking responsibility for their own user base? Uh-huh. That's crazy. What if I want to talk about the actors in the classic game Crisis? <laughs> uh, Sorry, Michael. The, the algorithm's going to pick you up, buddy. Uh, You're out of there. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> uh, this, this is a biggie. So, like, emote combos, certain emote combos, which could be deemed offensive, are out of here. But here's, here's a real biggie. Any symbol associated with slavery or white supremacist groups, such as the Confederate flag. Confederate flag mm. is fucking permaban. Get off Twitch with that shit. They're, What's they're... gonna happen to Dixie Gamer? <laughs> He's my favorite. Every day. Right of all those stars and bars emojis. Right. Every day he streams Dukes of Hazard for PS1. That's right. That's right. Just the one, the right in one front of the game. old stars and bars. God, what a specialty. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of sexual harassment stuff, including like some stuff that, uh, you know, uh, like repeatedly commenting on someone's perceived attractiveness, even if you think it's complimentary, they will ban you. Like, no, you are harassing this person. Mm. Like, stop. So, um, no, no, for real. I just wanted to know. You're fucking beautiful, baby. Yeah, You're fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again, as someone who gets that shit all the time, I'm very glad to see this happen. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's a long of it uh, is is long overdue. So I'm glad that they are doing that, and I'm glad to be done with the new segment. That's all that's fit oh, to play. Yes. The time to move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember, was which game do you feel will be most associated with the PS4? And why? Um, Leif is kind of an esoteric question, but um, is is there a game that, like, when you think PS4, you think, oh, yes, this? Ooh, I want to say that it's a toss-up. I, I have a hard time figuring out which is going to have the longer-lasting legacy, but it would be Horizon Zero Dawn of God of War. One of those two. Yeah, I, that's my personal opinion. I don't know which one to settle on. Yeah. You must choose! Choose now! God of War. <laughs> Mm, all right, you want me to choose. Boy, I, I, boy, I wanted, I wanted you to add one just, wisely, <laughs> just because um, I'm not the best about getting in on gaming trends trends because I'm a little, I have to be a little more selective with my money. But like being a, P, a PS Plus person, both Fall Guys and Rocket League, like I was in the mix day one mm. thanks to PS Plus, and w- like at, I was able to like enjoy every meme after that because I didn't have to pay <laughs> anything up front. Uh, and that that is all due to the PS4's program, yeah. Yep. It's yeah. like bug snacks on PS5. Everyone has it. Hmm. Yep. All right, so uh, on the official Laser Time Facebook community, uh, we have an answer from Rebecca Swift, who said, For me, it's a toss-up between Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last Guardian. I have only had an Xbox this generation and spent maybe two hours tops playing Horizon Zero Dawn on my sister's PS4, but I loved it and want to finish it someday. As for The Last Guardian, I listened to games industry folks, some of y'all VGA folks, and Brad Elston included, pine for that game for years! And even though it finally came out and apparently wasn't great, I still want to play it to see what the fuss was about. <laughs> it did finally yeah. come out. It was okay. It was fine. It, was right. it just wasn't as good as Shadow or Eco, and I'd say it's not even as good as its VR demo. Mm. Jeez. Harsh. It was an exceptional cat simulator in that yes. it didn't always do what you wanted it to do, mm-hmm. just like real-life cats. It's like, no. <laughs> it's true. Whatever. I'm over here. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Look at my asshole. 
Uh, Adam Foote says, I'm going to say Persona 5. It not only brought in a bunch of new fans, I feel like it revitalized the JRPG genre for the whole generation. Not only that, it seemed to convince other Japanese developers to get behind a Western release for games that have not done traditionally well here, like Monster Hunter and Dragon Quest XI, which both got a massive push here, and Fire Emblem on Nintendo, of course. Maybe. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's just a I mean, having had experience with something like that, um, th- they kept focusing the initial release exclusively on Japan, and then America gets this slow trickle to the point where, like, its fan base becomes undeniable. And by the time Persona 5 came out here, it, it, like, the Persona fan base in, in the, the West was undeniable. And, it, like, we were ready for that shit. Same with Monster Hunter. Like, so many people knew about Monster Hunter at that point. It wasn't an obscure game anymore. It wasn't niche. Uh, it, it just needed one big new entry to, to unify all these niche groups together. And if that makes any sense... Um, it does. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that like uh, those studios were denying a Western release for any of that other stuff. It's just like it was a slow burn, and like once the West caught on, it, it's exciting to be a part of something like that. It really is. Um, sorry, Phil. Phil Longlip. Am I saying that right? Nice <laughs> sure, French. Sure. Longlip. Yes. I'm sure he pronounces it the same. Close way. enough. <laughs> it's got a war for me. I'm gonna make him sound like a uh, like me. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Three. Um, it definitely was the grown up version of a. G- Sorry, it definitely was the grown up version of a game. Uh, I had a percentage associate with my my PlayStation experience, and that's what the PS was. The PS4 was to me a more mature version of the consoles I had growing up. Far more interested in good storytelling than gore or vague eroticism of the past. This game was all about narrative supported uh, by solid gameplay. Challenging at time, Valkyries, but not so hard as to be unbear- un- unbeatable. Uh, it was it was great on my first uh, gen PS4 and on an older non 4K TV. The other change I really liked was that it no longer um, it was no longer a, a button masher, but considered combat a vast change from the original games. Uh, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. I'm totally with you, Philip. God of War three and God of War two, I would say, were hard on hard mode, but I, yeah. I, I don't think they were just butt button mashers. <laughs> Who has time to play in hard mode, Leif? We played way too many games to care about hard mode. That, man. Those, those, that was a game where it genuinely felt really rewarding to beat it on hard mode. I will, yeah. I will fight for that. Yeah, I, I was proud of beating those on hard mode. Does Kratos get even angrier? Like he's more angsty <laughs> on hard mode. Uh, you you feel it more. It makes more <laughs> yeah, sense, okay. especially All that right. Zeus battle. Holy crap! Yeah. Oh god, that All went right. on forever, even on normal. Yeah, Jesus, that was like the latter half of the game, just beating my dad's face in. Uh. <laughs> if Immortals is to be believed, he probably doesn't even remember it that well. Oh, I was drunk then. Yeah, this uh, this mortal guy with ashes all over him came up and beat the shit out of me. Oh, I, I let him think he killed me. Why not? <laughs> that guy, man, anger issues. Uh, new question of the week: uh, What is more interesting to you, a dark or a bright future in sci-fi, Star Trek or Terminator? Um, I think I, I'm kind of of two minds of this because on the one hand, I feel like we need aspirational sci-fi stories. I think, you know, we probably wouldn't have gone to space if not mm-hmm. for these ideas of a bright future of space travel and moon bases and all this other stuff. On the other hand, uh, I really like spending time in dark futures and twisted cautionary tales of uh, corporate greed or machine intelligence gone rampant. 
and and like that that to me is is I think the more compelling of the two. Like I, I definitely like yeah. I, I want those other things to be popular, and uh, you know we need we need our well, mass I, I effects, think, but we also need our cyberpunks. I, I think that's that's where a disruptive renegade who we tend to like to play in video games is more welcome mm-hmm. in a dystopia. Yeah, and we we just did a, a, a laser time that sadly got deleted with a you know the wonderful Ben Dixon about utopias, progressive utopias, and there really is. Only Star Trek, with a very minor mention of Disney's Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. which n- nobody wants to care about. <laughs> See, this is what I was. Go- that's what I was going to say for my answer is the thing about the dark ones is to me they're too easy to write, it, it, and you know, yeah. especially now everything's so cynical mm-hmm. and it, it's easy to cut, find ways that this could come into, and it, and it always builds off of current fears, like even a Terminator that grew out of like nuclear war and our fears about yeah. that and everything. It's yeah. really hard to write a a positive future and you, you know you can see that in some of the, the discourse around like the next generation and stuff it's like okay how did we really get to that point are these people really not racist are they really you know and so it, it's almost like our disbelief i mean there is some truth you know in the matrix when he said we wanted we tried to create a perfect world for you but you didn't believe it your minds rejected yeah. it you didn't and believe you know it I think we tried to make it perfect that. and i i love that he said like we we set it all around 1999 the end of your <laughs> 20th century and like yeah that was pretty perfect because that's when I was a teenager thanks Morpheus <laughs> but, I'm, yep. but I, I I think you're, you're like dead on there and, and like it, it took a visionary like that's why we celebrate Gene Roddenberry because like George Lucas's contribution is like I brought a western to space and made everything shitty and filthy and like again good on you yeah um, get on, but Star Trek like dude no one does that no one envisions a future that's better than now and, right. and it's weird because the more you end up thinking about this stuff, the more you end up focusing on the fearful stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm the same way. You get these moments where the two overlap, like uh, not to get too spoilery, but Last of Us Part 2, there is a moment where it asks you to think a lot about space travel. And it's kind of sad because you're thinking like this. How long will it take this world to get back to the stars? Probably yeah. a few hundred years at least. Yeah, I think about that every time I go to Tomorrowland. Now, <laughs> this will never be a thing. See, that's that's not what I thought you meant by overlapping, Michael. I, what I thought you meant is is kind of what my answer is going to be. Is my favorite is when you have a sci-fi future that looks perfect and good, but is actually has things under the surface that it's secretly dystopian. Things like Gattaca, mm. maybe, where it's like, yeah, it might look clean and futuristic and modern, but there's really... It's almost darker, right? It's more subversive. Yeah. It's like, no, there's, yeah. there's actually but, like uh, these... Mir- all these Mir- secret Mirror's Edge has a ton of that. Yeah. that, that brave like, New Worlds. Would you prefer a sterile world where you can't really express yourself or do anything? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mirror's Edge is my answer mm. there. Take yeah. that. There you See, go. That is one where, you know, I thought all along that it was, you know, a, a dystopia. I mean, that, and the, 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 I think that that's a lot of it is the characters in Gattaca are aware of it. I mean, like yeah. Ethan Hawke and stuff like that. That's the defining I, I can, thing. I, I, can never, I can never stop mentioning because there's like, he doesn't undo society. The end of that movie is like, will he subvert, will one person subvert the problems of society. <laughs> Will we get caught and that'd be the end of it. That's and get caught without getting caught. And like, that's, that's the, that's the climax. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's very localized as far as the story goes. Or even the, the, the criminally underappreciated equilibrium 
right? Yeah. We, uh, which is basically like it's a society where they are taking a drug to not have emotions. And the main character starts to experience emotions and starts to see, oh, wow, a lot of what's going on is actually not all that great. But then he gets hounded for it. I'm like, or like even Minority Report, right? Like Minority Report looks like this idealized future, but it's like, no, you, you actually don't want this because like, you're no. giving up so much of this, you know? And now I feel like I'm starting to go down these weird libertarian fantasies, so I'm going to just stop talking now. <laughs> Since I'm renaming things, I always call equilibrium RC Cola Matrix. <laughs> one, one thing I've, I've been hearing a lot, late, especially lately, is like, stop saying sci-fi authors predicted the future or were telling cautionary tales about the future. They're telling cautionary tales about their own times. 1984 yeah, was not Orwell predicting the future. 1984 was Orwell criticizing the surveillance state apparatus that existed in the 40s. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, all, all these other things. Brave New World was about the uh, the beginnings of, like, applying assembly line thinking to society and creating this perfect world built on Henry Ford's ideology. And Yeah, and, and Star, Star Trek, I think, is, is um, a 60s approach to curiosity and what would you call it? Exploration without colonization and imperialism. Hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that is a positive view. It, it allows for some flaws in human, you know, that's what like Gattaca's and stuff were like. It yeah, was, Gattaca. you know, that everything is perfect and stuff, even though society has transcended a lot of stuff. I think like the next generation and stuff still sees humans as humans, but mm -hmm. it, it sees us as something that we can strive to, we can be better. You know, it's kind of like that meme that says, maybe things should be a little better, you know, and, you know, and people hate that person for saying that. So, uh, <laughs> We've never been able to make things better. Stop asking. I'm tired of your suggestions about yeah. making things better. And maybe, maybe the mirror, uh, mirror thing in Star Trek was like, it's failing was it made the alternate imperialist uh, universe look too overtly threatening like oh, a bunch of perverts in fur vests or whatever no it's <laughs> it should just yeah. be the same people but they're like no what why would we put up with any guff from this primitive planet let's kill them all and take their dilithium yeah. i do honestly <laughs> believe there is a okay i think the most important line in horizon zero dawn is seen in one of the audio logs and by the way i think that game did audio logs better than any other game ever mm. and uh, they were actually worth listening to but it's one of the ones towards the end i'm not going to spoil it but it says isn't it just amazing that a hundred years of science fiction did nothing to steer us from the course we arrived at and uh i mm -hmm. that just it still leaves a chill through me because it was like, yes, all, especially within that story, every science, you know, everything, right. you know, that has been written about, you could have prevented like the, the, that. the culmination of, of Ronald Clamp and Gremlins 2 and Biff Tannen and Back to the Future and, a, and 70 <laughs> yes. million people still voted for this person. Yeah. Like this awful, awful person. He was Biff Forecasted Tannen. 30 years ago to be a joke and a con person and bad at his job. Still voted for the guy. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. We don't listen to anything. Well, you know what? I listen to my gut. I'm tired of reading. <laughs> Let my gut tired read for a while. I can I tell me what the news is saying. <laughs> I forgot a huge thing, by the way. The reason we didn't talk about the Game Awards in the news is because obviously it hasn't happened. So that's good. That's all happening next week, folks. By the way, oh, okay. so all the Game Awards coverage is next week. Sure. Sorry about that. And Game we've Awards. we've got our own uh, Game of the Year or Games of the Year end pod end, end of year podcast coming up. 
which is always, it's our last show of the year. It's a big explode again, where we'll get together a bunch of different guests. It's going to be a huge amount of work to put together. So that will be our episode 400, which is also the final show of the year. Uh, maybe I'll post a little early so it actually hits in 2020 instead of on January 1st. Who knows? But it's a lot of work. So we're not doing anything else special right. for episode 400. Just saying. Why? Uh, yeah, great! Yay! Um, I guess we're going into <laughs> plugs now. <laughs> who who has something to plug? Leif, is there anything you want people to, to draw people's attention to? A Twitter handle or something? Uh, yeah, I'm Leif Johnson. Don't write about games anymore. I'm a copy editor for a major company. But hey, if you want to chat with me, sometimes I occasionally spout some opinions on games on my Twitter, which is at Leif Johnson. That's L-E-I-F, regular old Johnson, and. Uh, you know, playing through Cyberpunk right now, also playing some World of Warcraft and the new Final Fantasy XIV patch. I'm a big MMO guy. So, hey, if you want to chat about that, I'm there. Red. Chris? And uh, listen to Laser Time this week, as well as 302010. Again, Tron Legacy Edward Scissorhands. And, of course, everyone's favorite holds up better than any movie you've ever seen. Mel Gibson's What Women Want. Man, <laughs> that guy knows. It's, uh, he's not on record or anything being awful to women. Uh, but it's, <laughs> poster still makes me laugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash laser times. How you can support this little venture. New episode of sick of star Wars. Um, you guys, we have a new episode of 30, 2010 games in the can, um, man, that I think I am the drunkest I've ever been on. Uh, <laughs> You're just, sober for the most important segment, which is 2000s, because there was yes. kind of a big launch of a big console. Yeah, the, the PS2 launch, running through the PS2 launch, is super fun. But it, I, I, all I'll say is that like that, that episode was recorded on one of the worst days of my life, and it made me smile a lot just recording with you guys. So thank Aww. you for doing that. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Think we're gonna That's, think we're gonna record another one up here pretty soon, even. Yeah, so. yeah, probably. We'll see. We'll see. We got like I don't know what uh, the, the 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 game of the year awards for VGA is a huge undertaking, yes. and so and we're we're getting a late start on it. Frankly, we need yeah. to, I need to get Aslan on that. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Maddie C Allen, where I have been streaming some of the recent releases, including Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and you can bet that I will be streaming some Cyberpunk. So uh, check me out, Maddie C Allen, M A T T Y C A L L E N. Follow me on Twitter; it's the same handle. It's that easy, folks. For a second, it sounded like you said Pybersunk. Uh, as yep. always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Visit us online at VG Game Apocalypse, or go to back to Twitter and follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's A Z W I K I P A R A Z. Not easy. That's a weird ebook spot of me. Uh, anyway, that has been our show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. It was it was so horrid and I watched all 40 minutes of it.